Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. So neither Dreisaitl nor Kajula expected to play for the Edmonton Oilers tomorrow in Philadelphia. Matt Benning, though, getting over that illness. He should be back in the lineup. I expected he'll go in for Johan Avitu. And Jujar Kara could return after being a healthy scratch for a couple of games. Our broadcast tomorrow morning will start at 9.30 here on 6.30, Ched. The game will commence at 11. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Inside Sports on 6.30, Ched. CFL Friday Night Football just starting in Calgary. Saskatchewan, the opponent for the Stampeders this evening. No score in the fourth between the Yankees and the Astros in Houston as the Astros try to stay alive and force Game 7 tomorrow. The Yankees need a win to move on to the World Series. NHL tonight, Jets lead the Wild 2-1 early second period. After two, it's 1-1 between the Capitals and the Wings. The Penguins are up 3-2 on the Panthers late in the second period. After two, the Canucks have a 3-2 edge on the Sabres. In the third, the Sharks lead the Devils 3-0. Coming up later tonight, starting in about an hour, the Canadians play the Ducks. Oil Kings just getting underway at Rogers Place against the Prince George Cougars. The uh, U of A Golden Bears are in Calgary tonight. They'll host the Dinos tomorrow, 5 p.m. at Claire Drake Arena. Second and one. Henry the carry again. And the Mississauga man busts the tackle. Inside the 30 has his feet cut under him. And Henry's slow to get up. And if you're a little bit squeamish, you might not want to turn away from this one. Well, that was on November 24th, 2007. The Vanier Cup, Manitoba Bisons running back Matt Henry suffering a a terrible injury where his uh, leg is broken to the extent that as he's spinning to the ground, uh, his foot basically catapults around and almost hits the side of his helmet. Uh, If you've watched that YouTube video, uh, it's tough to watch, but Matt bounced back, and he's a pretty incredible story, and he's on the line with me now. Matt, first of all, thanks for making time for us on Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, first of all, when... Have you watched the, the the video of that injury either right after it happened or, or does somebody ever, you know, I, I know someone like me is asking you about it, but do you ever get somebody saying like, hey, is this you? Like, have you seen the injury and, and how bad that looked at the time? You know what? I probably get someone asking me about once every week with the business that I'm in now. So I, I watch it basically every week. <laughs> 
Wow. Okay. So it's a, so it's a, it's become a part of your life for, for better or for worse, I guess. And you know the reason uh, I wanted to yeah. reach out with you is because I, you know I, I remember seeing that when it happened, and uh, uh, it is something I always think about whenever I see something horrific happen to somebody. When, when you see something like happen to Gordon Hayward of the Celtics the other night, and you see mm-hmm. how it looks, and you see him on the basketball court, what's going through your mind when you see somebody else experiencing that? When I, uh, something like that, instantly it gets flashbacks to obviously when that happened 10 years ago for me. Um, again, I know exactly what's going through his head, what he's thinking, um, you know, just all the emotions that are running through him at that point. Um, and unfortunately, it's not pain. It's you're just upset that you're not back doing what you love doing, right? That's that's the, the gist of it there. Okay, so... Take me back then to the Vanier Cup because you said it's not pain. I mean, when you took no, that no. hit, when you took that hit, like were you aware right away something was really wrong, or what was what was you, what were you feeling in that moment? You know what? To be honest, I was ready to get up and run the next play until I, I looked down. I saw my leg was was uh, one half was moving and the other half was not, so I knew obviously that was it. So other than that, I was ready to go. You know the. The adrenaline and all the emotions of the championship game and everything just was there. And then, uh, unfortunately, it got cut short. Matt Henry joining us on Inside Sports, former Manitoba Bisons running back. So, now you obviously got taken to the hospital. And, you know, I know I was reading some stuff, but I, I, I want to get your perspective. Like, it was pretty – was there an amputation concern here or even that, you know, there – you could have possibly passed away if it didn't get treated right away. What what happened in the, the the hours after the injury? This is word for word from my doctor. He says, if you weren't such in good shape and your legs weren't so muscular, you probably passed away from internal bleeding, is what he told me. So kudos to, you know, hard work and staying in shape to be on the, on the, on the football field. But nothing protruded through my skin. It was a clean break, a uh, butterfly break, they called it and uh, didn't sever the main artery there, the femoral artery. So I got lucky. Someone was watching uh, Someone was watching over me that day. So, Wow, that's incredible. And then, so you survive. How long, yes, until you were, how long until you were kind of active, able to walk, able to run, and then ultimately play football again? Uh, I would say about four months. On crutches for about four to five months. And then back running... I'd, I, if I'd have to guess, probably seven and a half, eight months back actively running. And then, you know, after the full year, I was back on the field playing, you know, doing what I love doing. So, what I mean, was there ever, were you ever seriously concerned, okay, I might not be able to play football again? I mean, were you dealing with that as a, as a legitimate fear or, or life, you know, that that was where your life now might take you? You wouldn't have that athleticism anymore? I mean, here's the thing for me. For me, it's it's all about the mindset. And as soon as I understood that I was getting surgery, before the surgery, I asked the doctor, okay, how long until I'm back on the field? It was never, am I going to play again? You know, is, is my career over or anything like that? It was, okay, what do I have to do to get back? Tell me what I got to do, how long, and how painful is it going to be? You just tell me and I, I'll do what I have to do on my end. That's so how it were- went for me. You were really determined. Who did you? Who did you? Who were your biggest uh, supporters during that time? People you were leaning on. You know what? There was one lady uh, from back home. My best friend. Her name was Melissa. She uh, she took care of me when I was bedridden. Brought me 
breakfast, lunch, and dinner whenever I needed it because I couldn't walk for the first couple months. And then obviously my mom, you know, she was uh, always my rock and always there for me and encouraged me and let me know everything was going to be all good. Once you started playing football again, Matt, was there any hesitation? Was there any, what if I get hit there again? What if something else hurts me? Did you have any of that? Yes. At that point, there was, because I could still, I could still obviously feel it. It still hurt whenever I got hit. But I knew that, you know, it wasn't going to break again, because now there's, you know, there's titanium in my leg. But for the first, probably three, three games, I was still thinking about it. And then after that, you said, I said, you know what? I can't, I can't be myself if I don't not worry about what's happening, right? So I just went in there three games. I knew I was back, and I did did my thing. So you went back to play. So okay, how how old were you when you got hurt? What year of school were you in? That was in uh, year two, so I would be about uh, nineteen, turning twenty. So you were able to finish out your CIS career, as it was called at the time. It yes, wasn't youth sports then, and you yes, and then eventually you you got you got some looks in the CFL, didn't you? Tell me about that. How crazy is that? Like after <laughs> someone breaks their leg in half, and then you still get looks. I I mean, what can I say? You know, I was blessed in 2000, uh, 2010, 2011 to get a look from the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, went to camp there, and you know, unfortunately, it didn't work out. I got hurt in. Uh, in camp and got sent back and that's just the politics of the game but again just blessed to get the opportunity all right well i'm glad to talk to you matt because as we referenced off the top so many people know you because of that injury and there is so much more right. to your life and you were you know obviously going to university at the time so tell us about the matt henry away from the field i mean were you able to get your degree or, or where has your uh, your non-sporting life taken you here Yes, sir. I graduated with my degree, Bachelor of Arts in uh, Sociology, is my major. So, you know, I wasn't going to waste all that uh, free scholarship money. You know, you got to put it to use. So, got myself a piece of paper I hang on my wall now. And then after that, I got myself into the uh, the car business. And I worked my way up the ladder there, and now I'm in uh, I'm running a car dealership out here in Winnipeg. Oh, awesome stuff. Okay, so you've got into business. Uh, you're doing well. Are, did you play anything, or did you play uh, any sort of tackle or flag football or anything like that? You know what's funny? I'm glad you asked because it was probably maybe three or four years ago now I decided to put the basketball shoes on, went out, got a new pair of shoes, felt good. Was playing basketball for about two and a half hours, and then the last minute I went up for a rebound, came down, and blew out my left knee, the whole knee, like the whole thing, patella tendon gone. So after that surgery, um, got staples in my left knee, got some more, uh, some more metal and everything like that. And since then, it's just been working out on the treadmill. It's trying to stay in shape now. So you've had major injuries on both legs, then. <laughs> I am officially Superman. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. that well, I mean, you, yeah. you've, you've toughed it out twice then, so no one can question yes. your, uh, your, your your toughness. Uh, tell me uh, tell me a little bit about your current uh, interest in, in football and uh, any uh, teams or athletes you like watching these days. I still love football. Uh, football has got me a lot of things in life. I've seen a lot of things, met a lot of people, a lot of networking and all that good stuff. So I, football was my life. Still a big part of it. I'm still uh, big fans of my school, obviously, being an alumni. Still support them any, any way I can with money or just going to help out with the guys at practice. And, uh, you know, just being a general sports fan, whether it's football, hockey, baseball, basketball, 
just trying to stay stay with it. What's the um, what's the most memorable reaction you've ever seen from someone watching your video from the first time? <laughs> uh, I actually was told uh, from someone who was watching it at the uh, at a pub, I guess they call it, um, the tavern, something like that. And uh, the first the first cut I made, everyone screaming, yelling. The second cut I made, screaming and yelling. And after that, it was everyone either cringing, vomiting. Or just just can't watch. They they couldn't believe their eyes because they slowed it down, right? Right. They slowed it down to super slow motion, and it was the the worst one is probably be puking for sure. You've heard of people actually vomiting because of, of watching that video? Wow. Yeah, running to the washroom and just letting it all go. Like, have you ever told a coworker or somebody new you meet, like, okay, yeah, that's me, but maybe you don't want to watch it? I warned them. I warned them <laughs> before I put it on. Just if you have a weak stomach, just you know look away but eventually they you know they look at it and this they feel my pain and they feel sorry and i just tell them you know it's it's 10 years ago it is what it is i'm, I'm still here still breathing yeah well you've done great and, and i mean you, you talk about it in a positive way and i'm sure you've inspired other people who've had tough injuries like that so you know uh, 10 years a lot's happened in your life since then and and you're obviously sound like a positive guy and you're going to keep going forward no matter what matt it, it was great to meet you here over the phone thanks for telling your story and giving some perspective on what an athlete goes through and all the best with yes, the sir. car business and wherever else life takes you thank you so much appreciate it right on that is matt henry checking in and i have to admit and if you listen to the show, you know this. I've been a bit of a jerk. I have some buddies I will sometimes meet for Monday Night Football. Sometimes a new guy might come along and you get talking about sports injuries or a big hit. And I was like, oh, hey, you should watch this. And I'll bring up the Matt Henry interview on my, or the Matt Henry uh, injury on my phone. And at full, you, you've watched the video, Patrick? As of five minutes ago, yes. And, thank and you at for full that. speed, it looks like, you know, a tackle where a guy got sent flying a little bit. And then you see the slow-mo, and you're almost wondering, is that a special effect? Like, how does a leg possibly bend that way? So I was glad to talk to him after, uh, you know, years of uh, showing that video to, to other people. That's one of the bad ones. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, I mean, no joke. He said it in the interview. The doctor said, if your legs weren't so muscular, you, you could have bled to death. So he recovers, he gets his degree, he's got a normal life, and he's playing recreational basketball, and he blows out the knee on his other leg. Jeez. So, <laughs> uh, but I was glad to talk to him, and, and like I said in that interview, with YouTube and social media all these days, sometimes people are reduced to a very small snippet of their life. Now, sometimes they may deserve it if they did something really bad, but Matt Henry didn't do anything wrong. He got hurt playing football. Did he ever? And most people just know him from that video. So uh, we put a little bit of a human face on that interview and got some memories from him. And uh, he certainly has worked hard to recover, and he's doing pretty well for himself. That was awesome to have him on the show. Quick timeout, 720 Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Halfway through the first quarter, no score Saskatchewan and Calgary. CFL getting underway. Southside Rob texting into 630-630. Says, hey, Reed, what an amazing story about this former CIS U of Manitoba Bisons football player, Matt Henry, 
What an inspiration he is. Many people can learn something from this fine young man. Crazy injury, horrific injury, and he bounced back. He was playing football the next season. Greg has called 780-496-0063. Hello, Greg. Hello, Reed. Uh, I hope you're doing great. I am. I hope you are as well. Okay, thank you. Uh, I just want to make a quick comment on the Oilers. Um, I think it's great that they won last night, and I believe that in order for the momentum to continue, I think it simply comes down to motivation. Obviously, Connor McDavid is a generational talent, a spectacular offensive talent. I believe that it's up to him to motivate the team, and the team needs to continue to play together. And that's that's all I really want to say. Well, I think playing together is. I mean, you can call it a lot of different things, uh, but but they were much more organized last night against Chicago. They weren't running around. They were responsible. They they were. You know, competitive. They, I mean, Chicago had some scoring chances, but they're always going to get some. But they competed pretty hard. And I, I will say this, Greg, before before we go to break here, I, I do think it's important McDavid leads and motivates. But I think they also other that other players need to feel empowered to make plays as well. What do you think about that? Okay, other players feeling empowered to make plays. Um, let me think about that for a second. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree because. All players have to believe in their offensive ability and their ability to contribute on all levels. So it's it's no different, I think, than hey, if you're at a if you're a new employee to a job, you have to look how can I make a difference? How can I contribute? Hey, you're, you're on the ice. Same thing. Greg, well said. Maybe I'll talk to you after the game tomorrow. All right. Thanks, Reed. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Cam Talbot, great game last night. 30 saves on 31 shots. Oilers beat Chicago 2-1 in overtime. They're in Philadelphia right now. They'll be on the ice tomorrow. We'll have the face-off show at 9.30 in the morning. The game will start at 11. Rob and I will have overtime open line after the game. At 6 o'clock, Morley and Dave will sign on from Vancouver. And they'll have the play-by-play of the Eskimos and Lions at 8 p.m. Then next Saturday, the 28th, the Eskimos home to the Calgary Stampeders. Final home game of the year for the Green and Gold on the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. And it's an important one for the Eskimos and for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. We're already getting the ball rolling on uh, this great organization that we have here. Um, Remember... 630 Chet Santos Anonymous, the goal of supplying toys for 25,000 kids that we want to help this Christmas. Now, to the game next Saturday, you're encouraged to bring a new unwrapped toy. Drop it off on your way to the game. Cash donations will also be accepted. And how about this, Patrick Bauer? Oh, my God. When I, when I got this email, when, when I got this email, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I was... Uh, I was beyond excited. I was, I, I was, I was running circles. I was Homer, Homer doing the whoop 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 whoop. That was me. Was, did Mr. T email you back? 
No, this is to do with Santa's Anonymous. <laughs> oh, nice. Which is no, which is no joking aside. No, yeah, it's incredible. Lana Nordlin, our executive director for Six Thirty Chad Santa's Anonymous, and it's such a great campaign every year. But again, you can bring an unwrapped toy or a cash donation to next Saturday's Eskimos game. But how about this? This was the final line of the email. I think it should have been the first line. The official coin toss at the start of the Eskimos Stampeders game next Saturday, performed by Bob Layton. Ooh. That is riveting. Heads or tails, lesser of two evils, if you ask me. <laughs> Oh, that's good. <laughs> so first of all, okay, reasons to go to the game. Edmonton, Calgary. You can support 630 Shed Santa's Anonymous. Great organization. Oh, and Bob Layton's going to be on the field doing the coin flip. I, I don't know what else a sporting event needs. They should Actually, what they should do is the referee can signal the penalties, but Bob could announce them. Oh, man. That's a hold on you, Calgary number 58. <laughs> shame, 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 March back 10. <laughs> I think you need to take his place. Just put on a, a, a wig or whatever you got to do to pull it no, off. No, I could never do that. It's a good impersonation. <laughs> Hope he finds it flattering. <laughs> uh, I, I, Bob Layton does not know I work here. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> He thinks the he thinks the station just signs off at six. It's just it's just what's the radio equivalent of bars and tone? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I did that comedy night last uh, Thursday, and the headliner, after all us amateurs went, was a, a comedian named Tim Nutt. Very funny, and he was joking about how like we used to get two channels, and CBC would just go off the air at one. Yep. Well, we can't think of anything else to show you, so here's the national anthem and color bars for a few hours. <laughs> I remember those days growing up on a farm in Saskatchewan. Yeah, that's what Bob Layton thinks happens to 6.30 Chet at 6. <laughs> it's just a single tone all night. <laughs> all right, I also want to tell you that uh, we will have more on this on Monday. Yeah, it looks like, and this will be confirmed at an announcement Monday morning, the U of A Golden Bears hockey team and the Nate Ooks are going to have uh, a face-off game at Northlands Coliseum. They have not played at Northlands Coliseum since 1991. They do usually play preseason games against each other. This was a this was a big deal in the late 80s and 90s. Perry Pern was coaching uh, uh, was coaching Nate. You had Claire Drake and Billy Moores running the show at the U of A. Both teams were incredibly successful in different leagues, one in university, one in college, and uh, they would sometimes play each other at Northlands Coliseum. So that face-off game coming back, it's going to be in December. We'll get more details on, on uh, Monday morning, so I'll be at that news conference that we'll have more for you on Inside Sports. And... Speaking of helping out, it's uh, going to be all in support of the Stollery Children's Hospital Foundation. So there's something to uh, keep in mind for Monday. 7.38. Leon Dreisaitl is not playing tomorrow. A couple people texting in. Yes, I had not updated that this half hour. Dreisaitl not expected to play. Kajula not expected to play as well. NHL tonight. Wild lead the Jets 3-2 in the second period. In the third, Penguins up 3-2 on the Panthers, and the Capitals and Red Wings are tied at 2. San Jose has shut out the New Jersey Devils 3-0. 
Devils 6-2 and two on the season. And the Vancouver Canucks outshooting Buffalo 40-20 and leading 3-2 with four minutes left in the third period. Baseball still scoreless. Bottom of the fifth, Yankees and Houston. As uh, Houston needs a, a win on home ice there to stay alive. CFL game. It's a, well, man, this is uh, kind of a surprise. one nothing. Well, I guess Saskatchewan's good, but you expect Calgary to win. It's one nothing Calgary, last minute of the first quarter, Friday night football. Western Hockey League tonight, late in the first period at Rogers Place, actually just in the dying seconds of the first period, the Oil Kings are up 2-1 on uh, the Prince George Cougars. All right, so there's your scoreboard update. I also want to mention this, guys. Um... Patrick, you've probably heard me talking about this film. Maybe you've even heard him interviewed on. Were you working when we got uh, Ed Elnicki on the show? I like think it twenty minutes been. after the game ended in Manitoba two or three weeks ago. Yes, he had oh, that incredible yeah. game where like he had three hundred and fifty combined yeah. yards rushing. Just something and, ridiculous. I yeah, do rushing that. and receiving, and and the Bears won. Unfortunately, they lost their last game, so their playoff hopes. Uh, are alive but not realistic. Dwindling is the term. Yeah, they've, they're quite dwindled. They, 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 the Bears are going to host Saskatchewan tomorrow, 1 p.m. at Foot Field. Bears are 1 and 5. Saskatchewan is 2 and 4. Ed Ilnicki leads all of you sports in rushing. Okay? Now get this. He's averaging 172 yards rushing per game. Wow. The next best guy is at 146. So he's 25 yards per game better. And the second-place guy, that's a pretty good average. Yeah. 146 per game. Ed Elnicki's 25 better. And what is here's an interesting storyline to follow here as, as the youth sports football season wrapped up. I mean, look, it's another tough year for the Bears. Best-case scenario, they're going to go 3-5, and five, which would actually be a good year for them given, given how they've done recently. But they, the Bears could go 1-7. and seven. Could Ed Elnicki win the Heck Crichton Award as the best football player in university ball in Canada if the team goes 1-7, and seven, but he has over 170 yards rushing and is 20 to 30 guys, 20 to 30 yards better than the next best guy? I mean, numbers are numbers, right? Regardless of the team standings, individual standings should account for something, right? Yeah, I mean, if it's the most outstanding player in Canadian university football... And that's pretty outstanding. And plus, I mean, he chips in with some... I mean, like like we said, that game against the Bisons, he's over 300 yards combined, so he can catch the ball a little bit too. That'd be something. I think so too. Ilnicki, uh, he's been great when we have him on the show. Obviously a great player through, a, through an era for the Golden Bears that hasn't been very good in terms of wins. But just, just something to remember. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just kind of leave that lingering. Come back to that. This is a future storyline. Stick a pin in that one, Reed. Yeah, we'll, we'll put that on Pinterest. Is that what Pinterest is? Uh, no. I honestly do. Sometimes I act like I'm not. I don't know anything about technology. I, I don't really I, know, I know what Facebook. About I, what Pinterest is Pinterest? I don't really know much about it. I don't. It's just it's just that you know, if if your wife was looking to to make a craft, she'd probably find the idea for it on Pinterest. It seems to be primarily who it targets is the female audience. I mean. If I came to you and said, hey, Reed, look at this sweater I knitted. I got the idea on Pinterest. Well, that's just people who knit. Yeah, but anything. There could be men that knit. I think there's man stuff on there, too, but I haven't looked at it enough. I'm sure you could figure out how to build a nice chest of drawers from there. (laughs) chest of drawers. Maybe a Chesterfield. (laughs) Yeah, make your own couch. It's a a DIY project. (laughs) I think my dad's trying to sell his hi-fi on Kijiji. Like Like actually one of those big wooden hi-fis. Where it has four legs and a flat top, and then you flip open part of the oh, top, yeah. 
and the record player's in there, and there's a slot to keep your records, and there's a radio you can turn on and off. What he's got to say is, like, this one was once owned by, like, Johnny Cash or something like that. You know, up the price on that. Tell a <laughs> well, bold-faced lie and get some money out of a hipster. I, I don't know if anybody would, <laughs> would, believe would, would buy that, but interesting theory. Once owned by Bob Layton. There you go. That's believable. Anyway, Ed Elnicki, Bob Layton, all people we've talked about tomorrow. No dry cycle tomorrow for the Oilers against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, great to have Matt Henry on the show. That was an incredible interview, him coming back from the injury. If you do want to watch the injury, and full warning here... It's, it's gross. So if you don't like seeing body parts go in wrong directions, do not watch it. I'm not trying to tell you to watch it, but if you w- want to see, oh, my God, what happened to this kid, and you can take it, I tweeted out the link. Saskatchewan just ran a punt back for a touchdown. Oh, nice. Now, I have a question for you regarding that Henry injury. Was that his femur that broke? Uh, yeah, The what's the big one up top? That's the femur, yeah. It's yeah. supposed to be tougher than concrete. That was a hell of a break. And it was way up high, like just was, below his hip. Yeah. That's how his leg catapulted all the way around. It, it was, was pretty, something, it was pretty man. crazy. All right, 744, quick timeout, Inside Sports on Chet. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Hope you have a wonderful weekend planned. Hey, maybe spend some of it with us tomorrow. We got the Oilers and Eskimos games here on 630 Chet. All right, I got a guest here coming up. We've had him on the show before. He's really good at shooting a basketball and doing other things basketball-related. It's Steve Sir checking in. Steve, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Good. How are you, man? I'm doing very well. Thanks for uh, tuning in or for uh, calling in tonight. Before we, we tell people what you're doing here, and, it, and it's very exciting, uh, sort of, and I sort of had an interview related to this earlier with a football player who badly broke his leg. You're a basketball player. What do you think of the Gordon Hayward Hayward injury? I thought that was why well, it was really a shame for him because I mean I think for anybody starting their year like that, it's I mean you couldn't really ask for anything worse, but. To have it happen in such a gruesome fashion and have it be such a spectacle, it really was a shame to see. It's one of those things, I know it's been replayed a ton, but you don't really like to watch it any time it comes up. No, it's not pleasant to watch. Have you ever uh, had an injury on you know, a, a landing or a, an ankle? I assume you've had rolled ankles and stuff like that. What's the worst thing you've been through? Um, you know, I've had a bunch of wear and tear injuries. I've had a lot of overuse injuries, but I've been lucky to avoid the landing and having something like that happen. When I was playing in Romania, a teammate of mine went up for a rebound and landed and tore his ACL right on the spot. And it was horrible. Like He was screaming and writhing around in pain and the whole gym just felt completely silent. It was it's one of those things where just you could hear a pin drop, and it just made you sick to your stomach to see somebody in that much pain that quickly. So to have something as gruesome as the the foot or the knee come out like that, yeah, I, ugh, man, I, I can't even really wrap my mind around it. How, how hard was it to play that game after your, your teammate got injured in Romania? It was hard to refocus. I remember it being a very somber thing where the game restarted, and you were, you were kind of thinking, you know, boy, because they were taking him to the hospital. We were on the road in a in a city called Cebu, and it was hard not to think, like, boy, I, I just hope I hope Rika's okay, and, 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 you know, I hope we can get this done and win and, and go pick him up, and it's all good news. But it was it was a strange feeling to try and refocus and, and not have your mind just drifting off to, to where uh, it should be with your teammate. 
All right. So, uh, Steve, we brought you on the show tonight. And, and I mean, we've had you in and, and touched on your, your incredible career and uh, your incredible three-point shooting when you're in the NCAA and you've been playing pro in Europe. you got a pretty cool opportunity coming up here. You are going to Beijing, China for the world, uh, the FIBA three-on-three uh, world tour final. Uh, is this next weekend already? Tell me a little bit about how you qualified. We uh, well, I play for a team called Team Saskatoon. I'm actually in the majestic city of Saskatoon right now for uh, for a weekend of practice, and I'm playing with a team that has established themselves as one of the better three-on-three teams in the world over the last five years. Uh, I've been talking with them over the last year or two of potentially playing uh, and joining their group. It hadn't worked because of prior commitments uh, that I'd had with with still pursuing playing professionally five-on-five in overseas. Um, and then this past year, we, we talked about it, and it seemed to make sense because I, I didn't think uh, going back overseas was going to be in, on the agenda for me. And three-on-three uh, three was something that I'd been watching for the last couple of years and thought it looked like a lot of fun and would be a cool way to transition away from five-on-five uh, five and into a, a new kind of subculture of basketball. So the way that we qualified for this is we played in some three-on-three three events over the course of the summer, and we were able to do well enough that we uh, were able to accumulate enough points to keep us as one of the top-ranked teams. And when they did the wild-card draws, we were able to pull a seed. Well, that's incredible. So there are 12 teams in the tournament. Do you guys, how many people do you have on your roster? You must carry a spare. We have, we, we're allowed to carry a full list of six, but only four can travel to the events. Okay. So. We have four guys going, and, uh, yeah, we'll be facing off against uh, the other four that the other teams bring. All right. I, look, at the risk of asking a stupid question, but I do it all the time, so I really shouldn't Please. worry yeah, about it. we all do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so it's basketball. you you got to get the ball in the hoop. But how, explain to the casual fan, does it feel a lot different playing three-on-three three than full-court 5v5? Like, what are what are some of the fundamental differences you deal with? Well, you're dealing with a smaller court. It's uh, I w- it's not a half court as much as it it probably would come just a few feet short of, of a half court. So you're playing in that area. In order for the ball to change from team to team, you have to clear it behind the three-point line. So that would count as kind of your transition, I guess you could, so to speak. When the ball goes through the net, you take it out of the net, you get it behind the three-point line, and, and it swings that way, and you just start playing. Um, the games are 10, minute lo- 10 minutes long, uh, or the first team to 21. The scoring is one point for regular baskets and two points for what would be a, a traditional three-pointer. Um, it's a really, really fast-paced game. It can get a little wild at times. Um, what happens on fouls, like on shooting they, fouls? For shooting fouls, you'll shoot if you shoot behind the, the three-point line or the two-point line in this, you'll get two shots. Um, if it's a standard foul, it'll just count against the team. When the team, and this is where it gets tricky, when you get seven fouls as a team, the other team is automatically in, in bonus, but they're shooting two foul shots. So regardless of what was happening on the floor, you get two shots. Then on the 10th foul, you get two shots and you get the ball back. So if you're smart, you can manage your, you can manage your fouls, you can be aggressive and look to attack, and as the game gets tighter and a little more competitive, you might have those fouls working for you where you can just rack up some points without really having to get a ton of shots. So a foul shot's worth one, same as a, same as a basket from inside the three. That's right. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, so 10-minute games, does a, does a team that scored get the ball again, or does a team that got scored on get the ball? 
No, the team that gets scored on is then on offense. So okay. if they try to keep it like a like an actual game of basketball where there is a, a transition between defense and offense. Um, once it comes right out of the net, once you grab it, you're on offense. Okay. So I have to grab it, clear it behind that three point line. Then I got a 12 second shot clock to get a shot up. Oh, 12. Okay, incredible. Uh, what's the tournament format? There are 12 teams. Are you in pools or is it single elimination? Yeah, we're in pools. So we're in. There's four pools of three teams. Okay. Uh, you play a little round robin, and then the top two teams from each pool advance into the quarterfinals, and you just go from there. Okay, and there must be a buy or a wild card team in there. Well, so the top two teams from each each pool will advance. So you wind up with eight teams, and then it's just you know the top seed plays the the second oh, seed I out see. of okay. pool D or something like that, and then you cross over, and then the four that win advance to the semis. To the win, advance to the finals, and then that's it. And it's all over two days. So when do you leave? We're we're in the last minute of the show, Steve. When do you leave sure. for China? On Wednesday, we take off for Beijing, and we play on the 28th and the 29th out there. All the games are live on YouTube if you follow FIBA 3x3. And, uh, yeah, they do a really great job with their production. You can you can catch all that stuff online. Steve, you got to get in touch when you get back, okay? Will do. I'll for sure let you know how it goes. Thanks, man. Thanks so much for having me. Steve Sir checking in. Edmontonian, great basketball player with Team Saskatoon playing for the FIBA 3x3 World Championship in Beijing next weekend. Man, that sounds fun to watch. I'll have to check out some of that on YouTube. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. 10-1, Saskatchewan leading Calgary six minutes into the second quarter. I'll talk to you at 9.30 tomorrow morning for the face-off show, Oilers and Flyers on Ched at 11. Patrick Bowers, our studio producer. Dave Campbell, the producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. Just keep moving on. So if you